Yeah.
Good morning. Good morning. My name is Katia Fort Roden, and I'm here with my son, Gregory Roden. I'm a member of your board of trustees, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we in Columbia reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and professional staff. I want to express my gratitude to all within the community who are striving to keep us connected and to provide meaningful worship services during this unusual and trying time. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whomever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests who are watching this service, including congregants from the Northwest UU Congregation in Sandy Springs, Georgia, and their minister, Reverend Nisha Sanders. We hope that our local guests will join us in the future when we return to worship at the Owen Brown Interface Center, so that we will have a chance to meet you in person Registration continues for religious education for children and youth. If you haven't done so already, please register through the link in the chat. UUC community members are also invited to consider joining Reverend Page and Reverend Rod Hardy's, Rob Hardy, excuse me, for a pilgrimage to Assisi, Italy in September of next year. There will be information on Wednesday, September 29th at 7 p.m. with the Zoom link coming shortly. Learn all about the trip through the link that's provided in the chat. And now we'll hear from Robin Slaw about next Sunday's RE Fun Day. Good morning, everybody. Robin Slaw, I'm your Director of Religious Education and so happy to be here with you. Please do register your children because that helps us keep in touch with you in a rather complicated year this year. So your registration is important, even if you think we already have your contact information. RE Fun Day. Kelly and I have put together a really fun day for families with children, but not only just families with children. So if you like to play, consider attending. Pre-registration is required. The registration link or, and more information will show up in the chat. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Water balloons, hula hoop, sidewalk chalk, all kinds of fun games. This will be outside with masks on and distanced play. So we're looking forward to having a lot of fun and I hope you join us. Thank you.
Thank you, Katja and Robin. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia, otherwise known as UUCC. My name is Phil Webster, and I use he, him pronouns. I'm a bald white man in my late 60s, and I'm wearing a black shirt today. I am honored to be serving as the worship associate this morning. A few logistical issues before we start. For those of you that have any technical issues or looking for links, please use the chat to communicate with one another and with Jen, who is responding to inquiries in the chat this morning. She'll be posting useful information throughout the service. The order of service is posted online where you found the link to get here. If you have a joy or sorrow that you wish to have us read aloud this morning, please email them to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. And a special additional welcome to visitors. We're really glad you found your way here this morning. Please fill out the visitor form that's in the chat when you have a moment. Our guest minister today is Reverend Ned White from Unitarian Universalist Service Committee. Reverend White retired in 2019 from his position as interim senior minister of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation at Shelter Rock in Manhasset, New York. Prior to that, he served for a decade as the executive director of the same congregation's UU Beach program, which makes grants to social change organizations around the country. He has also served UU congregations in California and Massachusetts. He holds degrees from Harvard Divinity School, Boston University, and Stanford University. He currently chairs the board of the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, partnering with grassroots organizations to champion human rights at home and abroad. Incidentally, he was born in Baltimore, Maryland on Mozart's birthday, long after Mozart's demise, of course. Welcome, Nad. We are so happy to have you with us here today. Now, as we prepare to worship together, I'd like to invite you to settle in comfortably, take a deep breath, release all of the tension you may be holding as you exhale, and hear these words by the Reverend William Schultz, followed by the ringing of the bell. Come into this place of peace and let its silence feel your spirit. Come into this place of memory and let its history warm your soul. Come into this place of prophecy and power and let its vision change your heart. Arriving on these shores of hope, abandon your cynicism, your despair, your short view of humanity, and look up and see that we are not alone in our separateness. We are not forsaken or forlorn. We can be each other's dream unrestrained by desperation. We can see beyond the horizon of setbacks and defeat and know that others have journeyed further than we have. They have seen so much and not lost themselves to resignation. Arriving on these shores of hope, embrace the here and now, the blessings and the presence of holy matters. Here, now, we are together and we are stronger for it. Whether you are forlorn or uplifted, let us enter into worship as if it were a new matter, 
a new day and a new chance at life. I now invite you to join me in the reading of our congregational covenant. Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture in each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And now we'll all be unmuted for a few moments so we can take some time and greet one another. Hi again, everybody. So I have a story this morning and it comes from India. And if we were all together in person, you would be helping me with this story. So I'm gonna ask you to still do it, even though I won't be able to hear you. Uh, I'm gonna ask you just to go ahead and participate anyway. So this is a story from India, and it's about a young boy, and there's a drum involved. And I need you to help me with the drumming. And so when you hear me talking about drumming, we're gonna actually make the drumming sound. And it goes like this. Tirakita tada. Can you do that with me, please? Tirakita tada. Tirakita tada. Thank you. So we're gonna do that all through. And the story is about gifts and how we really never know how a gift will change the world. So listen, as I tell you the story. Once upon a time, long ago and far away, there was a young boy who so desperately wanted to be able to drum. He loved drumming, he loved it so much and he would say to his mother, oh, oh, I wish that I could have a drum. But the family was poor. And the mother, even though she loved her son very much and wanted desperately to be able to give him a drum, just couldn't afford it. But one day, as she was walking home from the market, having purchased dinner, she found a stick. And she thought, I can't buy a drum, but maybe my boy can use the stick to drum. So she came home and she said, son, I am so sorry that I can't afford a drum, but here's a stick that I found. It's an amazing stick. 
and you can use it to learn how to drum. And the little boy, he was overjoyed. Mama, thank you. I can practice now. And so he took the stick. I sort of believe this was in the desert where there weren't very many sticks and the stick was valuable and that's why he was so overjoyed. Anyway, he took the stick and as he walked around his village, he used the stick to beat against things. Let's try it. Tirakita ta da. Help me. Tirakita ta da. Thank you. As he walked along, he passed a neighbor woman who was sitting in front of her house with tears streaming down her, her face. What's wrong, neighbor? What's wrong? And the woman cried, My wood is too wet. I can't light it. I can't bake my naan. I won't be able to feed my family. And the little boy looked at his stick and he said, I can learn to drum with my hands. Here, you take my stick and use it for your fire. And the woman took it and was able to light her fire and bake her naan. And in thanks, she gave to the boy a piece of naan. And the little boy thought, I can't drum with my piece of naan, but I can wave it in the air and keep the pattern. And he did. Help me again. Tirakita ta da. Tirakita ta da. He worked, walked further along and passed a baby, the potter's baby, wailing and wailing and crying so hard. Potter, what's wrong with your baby? And the potter said, I've sold no pots today. The baby is hungry. Well, the little boy knew what to do. He said, I'm not hungry and here's a piece of naan. And he gave his naan to the baby and the baby stopped crying. And the washerwoman was so thankful that she said, here, take this pot. It's an extra pot that I don't need. Well, the little boy thought, oh, it's just like a drum. I can use this to drum. And so he walked along and as he did, he played on the pot. Help me again, please. Tirakita tada. He came to the river, and there at the river, the washerman and washerwoman were arguing bitterly. What's wrong? He asked the washer people. Our pot is broken. We can't scrub the clothing and get them clean. We don't know what to do. The little boy knew what to do, and he gave them the pot and they cried in thankfulness and told him here, here is a coat for you that someone left behind and we don't know who. Well, the coat was an amazing, beautiful thing of many colors with glittery mirrors all over it. The little boy didn't really need the coat. It's pretty hot in the desert. So he slung it over his shoulder and walked along and made the coat sway with his drumming as he continued to practice. Help me again. Tirakita tada. Tirakita tada. He eventually came to a bridge and saw a man huddled under the bridge, shivering with almost no clothing on. What happened? Are you all right? The little boy asked. 
And the man said, I was robbed and they took all my clothing. So the little boy, you know what he did? He took his coat and he said, here, you may have this, I don't need it. And the man wrapped that coat around him and thanked him and said, why don't you take my elephant? I can't keep take care of my elephant because I have nothing left. And the little boy thought, okay. So he took the elephant and walked along the path with the elephant and that he couldn't play a drum on the elephant. That wouldn't have been very kind, but he thought the elephant's feet are playing a rhythm. And he drummed in the air along with the elephant's feet. So join me again. Tira kita ta da, tira kita ta da. He finally entered a woods, and there in a clearing in the woods was a bridegroom, and all his family around him, and a set of musicians around them, and they were all unhappy. They were wailing. What's wrong? The little boy asked. Well, we have no elephant and the bridegroom must must ride an elephant to the bride and this is the most auspicious time and we don't know what to do well you know what the little boy did he said here i don't know how to care for an elephant and cannot use it take my elephant and the bridegroom and his family said we don't know how to thank you how can we ever thank you and the little boy looked and he saw an extra drum sitting next to the musicians. And he said, may I have the drum? And they said, yes, you may. And now the little boy sat down with them and learned how to drum his drum. Join me while we do it one more time. Tira kita ta da, tira kita ta da. And then he ran home to his mother Mama, Mama, look what happened. Your stick, it became a drum. So we never know what will happen when we choose to share our gifts with someone who needs them. Thank you. For peace. Sorry, I'll start again. Circle round for freedom, circle round for peace, for all of us imprisoned, circle for release, circle for the planet, Circle for each soul, for the children of our children. Keep the circle whole. Circle round for freedom. Circle round for peace. For all of us imprisoned, circle for release. Good morning. My name is Jen, and this is Reed. We're going to do a reading called And Then, 
by Judy Chicago. And then all that has divided us will merge. And then compassion will be wedded to power. And then softness will come to a world that is harsh and unkind. And then both men and women will be gentle. And then both women and men will be strong. And then no person will be subject to another's will. And then all will be rich and free and varied. And then the greed of some will will give way to the needs of many. And then all will share equally in the earth's abundance. And then all will and then all will care for the sick and the weak and the old. And then all will nourish the young. And then all will cherish life's creatures. And then all will live in harmony with each other and the earth. And then everywhere will be called Eden once again. Thank you. Today, UUCC has agreed to share our offering with UU Service Committee. The following is a short video introducing UUSC and the work that they do. Hello, friends. My name is Laura Randall, and I'm a minister on staff here at the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, better known as UUSC. We are grateful and honored that you've chosen to share your offering today with UUSC. For those who may be hearing about us for the first time, UUSC is an international human rights organization grounded in Unitarian Universalist values and founded in response to the rise of Nazism. Since our founding in 1940, we have continued to support people facing humanitarian crisis and displacement from their homes due to natural disaster, political violence, genocide, severe climate change impacts, and more. UUSC's work is based on a partnership model that centers the experience and leadership of the people who are most impacted by injustice. This partnership includes support of some of the most creative and courageous groups of people you can imagine who are working for justice, often under very dangerous conditions. For example, we work with partners in Alaska, Louisiana, and the Pacific to support indigenous communities facing rising seas, melting permafrost, and other severe climate change impacts in their ancestral homelands. We partner to support Central Americans fleeing gang violence, gender-based violence, and economic devastation, working with our partners to support people in migration and asylum seekers in transit and in the United States, as well as collaborating to address the root causes of migration. Like most UU institutions, we carry forward this bold work with a modest budget. We work smart, we strive to be agile, and our work with our partners, innovative grassroots organizers and courageous activists has proven to be a very effective way to make a tangible difference in places where people are often left behind by larger, more bureaucratic organizations. We are proud to receive the highest rating from Charity Navigator for our financial health and our accountability and transparency practices. We are able to do all that we do because people like you, and indeed some of you here today, make it possible with financial support. Your support ensures that in these chaotic times, with threats to human rights expanding in many arenas, our response too can expand. 
That's why I'm inviting you today to join us or renew your membership with a gift of any amount. We are a membership organization and receive no funding from the UUA. It is your donations that make UUSC's work possible. Information on how to give will be provided after this video, or you can make a gift by going to uusc.org. We also encourage you to sign up for UUSC action alerts by texting UUSC to 52886. Gifts of $150 or more from individuals are eligible to be matched dollar for dollar by the UU congregation at Shelter Rock. On behalf of the other 40 people on staff, our partners and allies around the world, thank you. Thank you for your generosity and your commitment to human rights in this critical time. We couldn't do this work without you. While Michael shares his gift of music, I invite you to be generous with your contributions and the sharing of your abundance. Please use the instructions for donating that will show up on your screen or text CHALICE to 73256 to contribute on your phone or visit uucolumbia.net slash giving.
Come into this place of prophecy and power and let its vision change your heart. So said former UUA President Bill Schultz in our opening words. After leading the UUA, Bill went on to head Amnesty International and later served as president and CEO of the UU Service Committee. His experiences working to advance and promote human rights gave him an up-close and personal look at this visionary work of prophecy and power. I'm honored to be invited to worship with the UU Congregation of Columbia today as chair of the board of the very same UU Service Committee that Bill led. I share with you this morning some stories of power and vision at work through the efforts of your service committee as it builds on over 80 years of fiercely and bravely making human rights more real in places where they're threatened, at home and around the world. Human rights hold a powerful place in the UU vision for our world. Our readings, hymns, songs, and time for all ages today all cast a vision of the world as we long for it to be. John Lennon's Imagine, the world will be as one. The Shores of Hope Chalice Lighting words, we are not alone in our separateness, a new day, a new chance at life. The story of the drum, showing us how generosity of spirit and fearless befriending of one another in mindfulness and compassion can enrich all our lives in surprising ways. Judy Chicago's vision of the merger of all that has divided us and a world in which all live in harmony with each other and the earth. Circle round for freedom, peace, release for the planet, for each and every soul, for our children's children. We cherish these visions of a world transformed, knowing that we have a long way to go to get there but inspired by the vision that what we believe to be possible may be possible. Human rights play a crucial role in our vision of the world we long to inhabit and to help create. They give shape to our longing for universal human dignity and fair and equal treatment for all people, regardless of who they might be. Where do our notions of human rights come from? Obviously, throughout human history, cultures and religions and thoughtful people have been putting forward different ideas about human dignity, human freedom and its limitations, how to ensure fairness and justice in society. In 1948, the newly created United Nations undertook a bold and audacious task to draft a universal declaration of human rights to be approved by as many of the 58 nations and members of the UN as possible. Initially, 48 of those nations approved it. It's a declaration of collective aspiration, which has inspired adoption of over 70 human rights treaties and seen provisions incorporated into many national constitutions. The first article of the declaration may sound familiar to you use. All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed with reason and conscience and should act toward one another in a spirit of brotherhood. This is certainly resonant with several of our own UU principles. The first, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. The second, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. And the fifth, the right of conscience. 
Now, there's not universal agreement about all 30 articles of the Declaration, but all 193 member states of the UN have ratified at least one of the nine binding treaties influenced by the Declaration, with the vast majority ratifying four or more of them. Why do human rights matter? What relevance do they have for you and for me, enlightened UUs living in the world's oldest democracy? Events around the world and here in the US over the past few years should make it clear to all of us how fragile the rule of law is and how vulnerable all human rights are to threats from those who would curtail them or curb them entirely. Each of us may have some reason for particular vulnerability because of who we are or what we believe. Human rights are often at risk for people because they belong to a group that those holding power believe to be flawed or criminal or inferior or undeserving of respect or equal protection under the law. In my lifetime, I've seen this play out with redlining, denial of voting rights, disproportionate criminalization and police brutality because of race, unequal pay and diminished opportunities because of gender. And in my own case, denial of respect and dignity because of sexual orientation. As a gay man, I remember one instance in particular when I was serving as minister at Summit UU Fellowship in El Cajon, California near San Diego, where incidentally, I first met Paige when she was an intern. The Grossmont School District was considering inclusion of sexual orientation in their anti-discrimination policies. When conservative faith leaders in the community heard about this, they rallied hundreds of people to come to the school board meeting to argue against it. Liberal people, including UUs, also turned out to speak. I sat there as a gay man listening to diatribes from people young and old that gay people were perversions of the natural order, dangerous to children, mentally unbalanced threats to society. That the school district should continue to deny them full personhood and rights. The conservative school board member that had engineered this huge turnout of people who agreed with him had the audacity to suggest that the board vote on the issue even though it wasn't on the decision-making agenda that night, because the majority of people have spoken, he argued, making it clear that gay people were a social evil that should be stamped out. Fortunately, the chair resisted that affront to due process. It is easy for people who have political power to use it or abuse it to trample on the rights of others and it's incumbent on all citizens to speak up to resist such abuse. Human rights matter to each of us as human beings. They also matter to each of us as Unitarian Universalists. And why is that? Because our theological roots and fundamental affirmations about the universe put the inherent worth and dignity of every person at the heart of our faith. Standing up for our principles requires us to stand up for universal human rights. That's what was behind the mission of Waitzel and Martha Sharp in the late 1930s, when they first went to Czechoslovakia to help Unitarians protect the rights and the very lives of Jews and others threatened by Nazi persecution. 
the American Unitarian Association commissioned the Sharps to work on behalf of human rights in Europe in the face of prodigious threats and at great personal peril. Since its beginnings in those tumultuous times, the UU Service Committee has continued to go where there are rights at risk and find partners to help in common cause to defend those rights. Let me share with you this morning a few examples from over 50 partnerships that constitute the current work of the Service Committee here in the US and abroad. Indigenous people on the Gulf Coast, Alaska, and the South Pacific face what is called climate force displacement. As they watch the land under their feet disappear because of climate change, and in some cases, the cavalier practices of fossil fuel industries. Consider tribal leader Sherelle Parfait Dardar of the Grand Caillou Dulac Band of Biloxi Chittimacha Choctaw. With assistance from UUSC and partner organization, the Lowlander Center, she has collaborated with other leaders from Louisiana and Alaska to draft a formal complaint with the UN Special Rapporteur for the Human Rights of Internally Displaced Persons, urging the US government to take responsibility for responding more aggressively and promptly to the continuing loss of their ancestral lands and to provide for their future as a people. Or consider the Rohingya people of Burma who have had to flee their homeland because acts of genocide and political upheaval surrounding the military coup in Burma. Consider Tun Kin of the Burmese Rohingya Organization UK. UUSC sponsored a convening of 209 Rohingya young leaders from around the world in a three and a half day youth conference in London. It was the first gathering of its kind, including a wide range of ethnic groups striving to develop a new generation of leaders who can use international justice mechanisms to hold the Burmese military to account. Says Tun Kin, young people are united in their calls to end all abuses against Rohingya and for those responsible to be brought to justice. It is time for the world to listen and take action. Threats to human rights because of the ongoing climate crisis have been particularly severe in the nations of the Northern Triangle and Central America. Consider Diana Martinez, co-directora of Fundación Entre Mujeres, a feminist organization working for 25 years in Nicaragua, developing sustainable agriculture in cooperative community-based models, 300 members strong. This organization also protests repressive policies of Honduran President uh, Daniel Ortega. UUSC made a special grant to relocate leaders to keep them safe from government persecution so that they can continue their important community building work. Or consider justice for people migrating to seek safety, <clears throat> political freedom, and economic opportunity which continues to be a major UUSC concern. Now I know migrant justice is also near and dear to your congregation as Alex Cohn from your congregation initiated the pajama clothes line in 2019, asking where are the children to call attention to the US government's policy of separating young migrant children from their parents at our Southern border with Mexico. Consider our partner, Jose Palma, coordinator of National TPS Alliance, 
trying to preserve temporary protective status here in the US for people driven from their countries by political and weather disasters. I believe the UUCC had a film discussion and letter writing campaign last year in support of the TPS program. TPS includes Haitians after the 2010 earthquakes now facing increased instability because of the presidential assassination and the more recent earthquake. Using a national UUSC grant, the National TPS Alliance was able to bring all 16 executive committee members together for a three-day strategy session. As Jose Palma said, the TPS community and struggle is a golden opportunity for those who believe that in order to win, impacted communities must lead. It was beautiful to see a Nepali TPS recipient leading an icebreaker with Haitian, Salvadoran, and Honduran TPS recipients, or a young Haitian recipient sharing her story that connected with everyone else, even when people grew up so far away from each other. From these examples, you can see something of what UUSC is doing to protect and advance rights at risk. As important as the what is the how, for how UUSC does its work sets it apart from many US-based helping organizations. Relationships are at the heart of UUSC's human rights work. Face-to-face -face partnerships with people under threat who are committed to confronting that threat. People at the grassroots know best what they're dealing with and how an organization like UUSC can help. So UUSC staff follow the lead of our partners in coastal Louisiana and the South Pacific, in Burma and Honduras and Guatemala along the border in US and Mexico, around the world. Partners lead, we follow. USC is skilled at bringing people together, helping Rohingya leaders from around the world at a conference in London or TPS advocates from diverse countries or indigenous people from coastal communities around the Pacific to share experiences and strategies for dealing with climate threats. We bring grassroots partners together to learn and to build a network of relationships for the future. UUSC also brings UUs together through the UU College of Social Justice experiential learning trips, through volunteer service opportunities, through advocacy events online over the past 18 months, or in person when we can in Washington, DC, state capitals, detention centers, wherever UU presence can make a difference. You use SC's seasoned and knowledgeable staff draw upon the organization's resources, knowledge, influence, and privilege to conduct partner-centered research, to provide general support grants to keep our partner organizations going, to organize UU advocacy with local, national, and international governing bodies, to collaborate with similar human rights organizations to address problems that no single organization can solve alone. By now you see that UU congregations like UUCC and individual UUs like each one of you have a role to play in the network that makes UUSC's work possible. Over the past 80 years, UUSC has created its own interdependent web of champions for human rights here and across the globe. And you can be part of that web. Actually, each of you who contributed today's offering has already become a UUSC stakeholder since your congregation graciously offered to split today's offering with the service committee. 
Thank you all. Now I urge each of you to consider expanding your commitment to advance human rights by becoming a member of UUSC. Log on to our website, as Laura told you, www.uusc.org. Make a membership contribution of any size. Now, according to UUSC records, 67 people out of 428 at UUCC, or about 16%, are currently UUSC members. I would love to see that at least double to approach the previous high of 39% of UUCC members who belong to UUSC, or even quadrupled to 64%, well over half of the congregation. I invite you to circle round to join UUSC. If you are already a member, consider becoming a sustaining member, automatically giving a certain amount each month as I do. For advancing human rights is a marathon, not a sprint. We want to be in this for the long haul. When it's possible for us to travel once again, please consider participating in a UU College of Social Justice trip as individual use or as a congregation. Our own experiences most deeply influence how we see the world and what we decide to do in response. Recognizing these, we will once again, when we can, offer service learning opportunities to see at firsthand what's at stake and how heroically people are fighting to protect and advance their rights at risk. I know some of people in your congregation took such a trip to Haiti in January 2015. You can sign on for newsletters and action updates because knowledge is power. Knowledge informs our sense of where suffering is most acute and where our partnerships can make a positive difference. And be mindful of threats to human rights at home and abroad. I am privileged to live here at Cedarmere, the Long Island estate of 19th century American poet and newspaper editor, William Cullen Bryant. Whenever I walk the grounds or walk down to the nearby village of Roslyn, I pick up litter. I've been doing this since the pandemic began, and now I can't walk around without seeing pieces of paper, large and small, plastic bottles full and flattened. Litter is ubiquitous. It is also true that threats to human rights are ubiquitous. We need to attune our vision to notice these threats wherever they appear. Coming out of this pandemic, the UU Service Committee is continuing a distinguished 80-year legacy of grassroots partnerships for human rights. Our shared humanity, our conscience, and our faith commitments call us to this critical work on behalf of all those whose rights are at risk. I invite each and every one of you to circle round and join us. So may it always be. Shalom. Blessed be. Insha'Allah. Aho. Shanti. Amen. Thank you, Ned. If you'll join me now in singing our closing hymn, Love Will Guide Us. Oh, no. 
Thank you, Michael. Now is the time for sharing of joys and sorrows. If you have a bowl of water and stones at home to participate, please feel free to get them now. And if you haven't done so yet, now is your final opportunity to send an, a an email with what you'd like to share to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. This practice is a custom in our congregation where one can publicly and openly share a significant, meaningful event that has deeply touched their life. As I read the joys and sorrows, we will listen deeply and lovingly. We are made mindful of the sacredness of the ritual when we cast a stone in the bowl of communal water. The ripples it forms symbolizes how our lives touch one another. And one final stone for all that is left unsaid and felt in our hearts. Thank you. I invite you to enter into a spirit of prayer and reflection. O oh God of expectations and promise, we come before you today with concerns about our congregation, our community, and our world. We come in gratitude for this congregation in which children, youth, and adults learn to share, to trust, and to love. We bring very real differences to this congregation, different personal histories, different political viewpoints, different theologies, different issues of deepest concern, different fears and hopes. We thank you for these differences, even as we acknowledge that they may sometimes precipitate conflict. Grant us patience in our efforts to understand one another and persistence in working together to strengthen the bonds that hold us together. We come with hopes for people torn by strife and conflict in Afghanistan, in Haiti, in Yemen, and other places around the world, though dis those displaced by storms, fires, and floods, those suffering from illness and fear in this time of pandemic in our own country and across the globe, that their suffering may be alleviated. Grant us insight in our effort to understand the causes of these and other conflicts and wisdom to resolve and prevent them. We come in thanksgiving for those well-known or unknown who are working each day on behalf of justice and peace. Grant us the courage to take initiatives for justice and peace in our own households and our own community. And finally, we come in affirmation of your promises to us. We rejoice in the vision of sages and prophets that war, hunger, and injustice may yet cease, that humankind might someday beat plows into plowshares, swords into plowshares, and study war no more. Enable us to keep this vision alive in the face of all that makes us afraid and anxious in this world and help us to trust the power of your presence to heal and restore. So may it be, shalom, amen.
Thank you, Michael. Our benediction are words of Adrian Rich. My heart is moved by all I cannot save. So much has been destroyed. I have to cast my lot with those who age after age, perversely with no extraordinary power, reconstitute the world.
Sold right to the merchant ships Minutes after they took I From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our mind Oh, have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop at the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Yes, some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom This all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs songs of freedom songs of freedom
From Senegal, West Africa To St. Louis, Missouri Thanks to Catherine Dunham For giving my pops his glory He came down with his drum And a dream to change the world In a free, uplifting world And that's all he ever want Mom came a little after Gave birth to my brother And then all of the pressure Made them fight one another You see the pain will never last Did the best with what they had He knew the world was out for grabs And he searched to find it Just to make it through So I found myself skipping school Cause the girls don't think I'm cool And because of that I didn't care Whether or not I went to jail I just wanna be treated fair Cause that's all I ever knew Telling me I need to slow down Cause everybody in the whole time Cause they know how I get down Far enough from another town Around. After so many at the ground And we ain't gonna stop now Drug free, put your hands up, put your hands up. If you wanna be free from all your misery, put your hands up, put your hands up. If you wanna be free with plenty money, put your hands up, put your hands up. If you wanna be free, just praise G O D, put your hands up, put your hands up. Put your hands up. Wanna be free, I wanna be free, wanna be free, yeah. 